I do want to invite you back this evening as we uh, look at the handiwork of some of the men in the church and then we listen to the voices and look at the tremendous work that has gone into a very short time in getting prepared for the celebration of Camelot. And um, when I first heard Camelot, my mind went in different directions. Uh, I had to wait to come back to this. It's Camelot, not Camelot. And so... uh, uh, It's a very amazing thing what words can do. And so tonight, at 6 o'clock, you're invited to come. Bring someone with you. Let them see, perhaps for the first time, just sitting down and being quiet and listen and celebrate the meaning of this season indeed. Now, will you turn in your Bibles, please, to the first chapter of the book of Luke. We have been looking at different segments of the Christmas story. And last week we looked at Elizabeth and Zechariah and Mary. This week we look at Mary and Elizabeth. And I trust that God will have something to say to you and to me as we listen to a part of the whole scene. Uh, You know, one of the things that is almost always amazing to me is how God works in ways that you and I never think, never think that he's going to work. We look at certain things and we say, oh, look at this horrible, horrible mess. And it's right there in the mess of our lives that he comes to do something that stunned you and me. And this is the way we see it. We left last week, we left Elizabeth discouraged. We left her looking at God as having taking advantage of her because she's old. And the time that God should have answered was when she was young, when she had the, 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 the energy to take care of a child and look at this as a time God does it. Well, you'll see how God answers her concerns this week. So we turn to our Bibles. Luke chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 39. Luke 1, beginning to read at verse 39. Now at this time, Mary arose and went, into a, uh, went in a hurry to the hill country, to the city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. By the way, notice she didn't say, blessed are you above women. She says, blessed are you among women. Uh, You know why I'm saying that. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. How has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. 
And now, Father, may your Spirit guide us in your word. May the Holy Spirit speak to us where we are from this text this morning. Father, may there be a a leaping this morning in our own spirits as we encounter not the babe in the womb, but the king on his throne. We ask it in his name. Amen. Sharing news. Sharing news is an exciting thing. And as I thought of what introduces this message this morning, what news to be shared was one of the most exciting news in in the history of this country. And you will remember it. The British are coming. The British are coming. (laughs) Way back then, and it still revolves. Every so often, uh, my wife teaches American Lit and British Lit in high school, and and it's interesting, uh, sometimes we're talking and how these things will mesh as what I have to say and what, what she's doing. But you remember who said that, the British are coming. How important was that message to be shared? Do you remember the tragedy about two years ago or three years ago in, in Los Angeles? The, the, the caretaker of the, the, the um, train yard who was supposed to be watching to give the signal that, that the train was coming and he was twiddling on his, his, his t- telephone, not his telephone, his cell phone, and there was a collision that killed several people. He didn't give the message. And as a result of not giving the message, people lost their lives. And how true it is with you and me. How many people do we come across day by day? And we wish we could say something that could change their whole outlook on life. And then you get home and you say, if only I had said. If only I had, had just mentioned. Well, I trust that we will realize that God gives us opportunities to redeem ourselves so that we might have a sense of purpose when we meet people and not just simply meet them for the sake of meeting. I want to take this message in a simple way, but I trust a profound way this morning. Because my my concern is that Christmas becomes something that has a profound meaning to us. Uh, Not not just simply the fact that, that, that gifts will be given and gifts will be received. But beyond that, there will be something... That, that grips our, our innermost being. And that is what I hope will take place this morning. And so I want to begin this morning with this outline. I want you to look at two wombs, Mary and Elizabeth. And I want you to think of this tremendous piece of the human anatomy that we call the womb. And see how God has a place to play in that and how it has to do with the incarnation as well. Consider with me what I call the sketch of the womb. The sketch. Go with me to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 22. Genesis 2, 22. And as you are turning, I will read. Genesis 2, 22. It reads this way. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, The Lord God fashioned a woman out of the rib he had taken from the man 
the word to make or to fashion is a tremendously beautiful word in the Hebrew. To say that God fashioned means that God designed, he took time. And I, I tried to, to, to figure this in my mind, which I could not. He created man, bingo. But when he's going to create the woman, he takes time, he puts Adam to sleep. He removed a rib, and out of that rib he fashioned. Literally the word is to build. To build. So that, that God made the woman with everything that a woman could be. And when he presented her to Adam, it was not for her function, but her womanhood. That he would realize that what he's seeing before us was a deliberate design of God, not an afterthought, not something having to do with the need of the man, but the will of God. And we'll come back to this in a minute. Because I want you to see, my friends, that for anything that is has come about because someone is responsible for it. I thought of three things. The Eiffel Tower. The reason we know who made it is because it bears his name, Gustav's Eiffel. He is responsible. So when we see the tower, we don't say that that tower came into existence by itself. We think of of Ed Morrow, uh, Irvin Morrow. You know what he did? The Golden Gate Bridge. So when we see that bridge, we don't come to the conclusion that that bridge just appeared one day over the Pacific. And I couldn't leave the CN Tower in Toronto out. <laughs> I, you, 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 had, you, had to, you had to see with me how, how, how John Andrew and his workers, I remember watching that thing day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, going up, up, and the, the whole city stopped the time they were putting the revolving restaurant on the top as, an, as a, a helicopter taking those heavy pieces and dropping them precisely where they were supposed to be. And we call it the CN Tower, but it couldn't happen without John Andrew. When you think of the womb, you cannot think of the womb without thinking of God. He is the chief architect. He is the designer. And I want you to see, my friends, because God is responsible for that, it is a sacred, sacred passage in which God is going to do certain things. So we go from this, the, the, the sketch of the womb, we come to the scene in the womb. Just a few pages over, Genesis 25, 23. Genesis 25, 23. This is the first place we have activities in the womb. And it is all a part of God seeing what is happening there. 25, 23 of Genesis. Listen as I read. The Lord said to her, to Rebecca, Two nations are in your womb. And two people will be separated from your body. And one shall be stronger than the other. 
The older shall serve the younger. God saw two nations in the womb of Rebekah. And God was able to determine what was going to happen out of the fruits of the womb. So we have in, Genesis, in Luke chapter 1, in verse 31, we are told that, that there was a baby in the womb of Mary, and there was a baby in the womb of Elizabeth. And God knew precisely, he said, you shall bear a son. Mary conceived. And I do not want to get into the, the medical aspect of it. But my friends, I think the Bible teaches clearly that conception takes place in the womb. And God saw not only a baby in the womb, but he knew that that baby was a son. In Elizabeth's womb, in Mary's womb, God was doing his work. Luke 1.41 when you entered, the baby leaped in my womb. Luke 1, the baby leaped in my womb. And then when you get to Luke chapter 2, verse 16, listen to what it says. When the shepherds came, they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. The baby that was in the womb was the baby that came out of the womb. Not a fetus. Not some, some, some kind of whatever. But a baby. <laughs> Think of this. Science has been able to tell us today that at eight weeks, through ultrasound, eight weeks, the baby sucks his or her thumb. He recoils from pricking, responding to sound. All the organs are present. The brain is functioning. The heart is pumping the liver making blood cells, the kidneys cleaning fluid, and the fingers, fingerprints are all present. Now listen to Psalm 139 and verse 13. You saw me in my mother's womb. You were doing everything to me. Some come out of that womb are boys. Some come out of that womb are girls. But none without the design of God. None without the fingers of God, if you please, working, putting together eyes and nose and ears. I find it very interesting. Let me take you to a text. I never saw it for a long time. Job chapter 31. Now that's a real teaser for you. Job chapter 31 and verse 15. And if you have trouble finding Job, it's just before the Psalms. Job chapter 31 and verse 15. I was blown away as I read this verse this past week. Listen to the verse 15. Did not he who made me in the womb make him? And the same one fashioned us in the womb. Do you see that? 
You were made in the womb. I was made in the womb. I was made in the womb. You were made in the womb. And all of us could not be there apart from God's permission. So, so we're seeing now this, this great wonder. If God is involved in making a life in the womb what he wants, then, my friends, that womb has to be sacred. It has to be sacred. Wherever God resides is holy. A burning bush became a holy place before Moses because God was in it. And you know, I don't always plan what I'm going to say when I stand here, but I trust that the Lord gives wisdom. But you know, one of the things uh, I sometimes, joking, not jokingly, but it was somewhat humorous, when our son was being born, And I saw the wonder of life from the womb that I have never thought in any way of my wife as when I saw my son being born. A sacred moment. Something having to do with God. And in the same way that my son was born into the world, God is going to bring his son into the world. What a wonder. What a mystery. You see, we need to take time at Christmas season to think of what God was actually up to. That the womb became his lab where he was, was bringing into Life, on the one hand, he was going to bring John into existence through the operation of a husband and a wife. On the other hand, he's going to bring his son out of the womb by sheer mystery. We need to think about that. Our Christmas becomes just another holiday for us. Another day in which we do our thing. And at the end of the day, we forget it all. So we come then from two wombs to two wonders. To two wonders. And the first wonder we see is the encounter of two wombs. Here, verses 36 through 37. Look at the encounter. If you go back to your text in, Gen in Luke chapter 1. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city named Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Now Luke is telling the story and Elizabeth is going to explain it later on, if you please. Two wombs. I want you to see the sheer wonder of it. On the one hand, there is the, the, the life that came about in an aged woman, an advanced woman. Note I got very smart from last week. <laughs> an advanced aged woman for whom this was already past the stage. 
That's, that's the first mystery. On the other hand, on the other hand, we are seeing someone who is a virgin. Neither Mary, Elizabeth, or John, or, or Zacharias, neither one could bring life in and of themselves. Life is the, is, is, is the creation of God, is the expression of God. And so he has the right to bring into existence whichever way he sees fit. And so to preserve the holiness and the perfection of his son, he couldn't have an earthly father. So we're told later on that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon her and the way it was going to happen was so unique so absolutely beyond the minds of men that the only word that fits the coming of the Lord Jesus into the world is the word mystery. Mystery. There is one mystery with a, with a husband and wife, of course. But all oh, my friends, think of this. This is why Mary asked the question, how can this be? And the angel answered for her that conception is a gift of God. And the Holy Spirit is going to take full control of your body, your womb. And he's going to make it God's place for the coming of his son during that time. Both women needed each other because of their circumstances. Mary... Who would believe that she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit? Who is, going to give, who is going to give attention to anyone who said, I am pregnant and it's by the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you, Joseph did not believe it. Mary had a hard time believing it. Why? Because they knew that life only comes into existence from God. And they know the way in which it has actually been designed by God for human procreation. But here she is. No human male could claim that they actually met Mary in the most, in the most intimate way. None. It has never happened. So how then can you be pregnant? The only answer. You remember C.S. Lewis, the illustration last week? If you put... 10 cents in the drawer today and 10 cents tomorrow, then two days from now you expect to have 20 cents. But if when you go two days you only have 10 cents, what law was broken? The law of Sodaville. <laughs> because 10 plus 10, 20. So someone must have broken in and stolen 10 cents when God is going to bring a miracle into existence, he uses C.S. Lewis's words, he interferes with history to do what natural man cannot do. So here's Mary. She meets Elizabeth. I like what the scripture says. And your cousin Elizabeth is also, <laughs> also. Why? All of a sudden, Mary's thinking now. I am pregnant without a man. 
my cousin Elizabeth is pregnant and she is advanced in age. What gives here? What gives here? Please listen, ladies and gentlemen. What gives here is God is in operation. That's what gives. And that happens even now in your life and in mine. When God is in operation, people don't necessarily understand. Do you remember a couple of years ago in that Mennonite country in, uh, around Pennsylvania when those kids were so terribly shot innocently and when CBS and NBC went to the Mennonite campus to try and understand what do you want done with these people? They didn't realize that the wife of the murderer was being served by the Mennonite community. And CBS didn't have anything to say. How can you do that? <laughs> that's, that's one of those, how can this be? Natural human beings do not behave with that kind of compassion for people who have done them wrong. Whenever someone does us wrong, what do we want? We want vengeance. We want justice. And so when we act in a way, my friends, that defies the naturalness of life, people wonder, this is not real. This is not real. Two encounters of two wombs, and they become an encounter of wonder. Secondly, look at the excitement in the womb. The excitement in the womb. The British preacher, George MacDonald, from another age, made this statement. The measure of a gift is the amount of the giver in the gift and the receiver of the gift. The measure of a gift is the amount of the giver in the gift. Uh, you know what? <laughs> let, let me give you an illustration. Of, uh, some, uh, the giver is not in the gift. It's your wife's anniversary. And you forgot everything about it. And the only place that's open is 7-Eleven. <laughs> and, and you go down there, and you get the best thing you can get at that point. Now, do you, how much of you is in that gift? You're looking for survival more than anything else. I want you to see something here, my friends, that God knew what Elizabeth needed at that point. So he sent Mary, the one who is pregnant without a man, to speak to the one who is pregnant in an advanced age. And remember how we left Elizabeth? Elizabeth was complaining that God had waited too long to do anything about her birth, that the birth of a child. Well, now he's embarrassing me by giving me this kind of... of, of there, was, there was no joy for Elizabeth. Ah, but God is going to change that. He's going to send Mary. And look at what it says. Mary greeted Elizabeth. You see, all of Mary was in her greetings. Mary did not just say, you won't believe what happened to me. No. When she greeted her, there was, there was an excitement. She had already said, 
May the Lord do unto me whatever he pleases because I am the handmaiden of the Lord. So when she greeted Elizabeth, she greeted her with all herself. She was not embarrassed at, at her, her situation. And she's going to encourage Elizabeth not to be embarrassed at hers. Let me suggest these a couple of things here. Look at verse 41. When Elizabeth heard the greetings, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. Not because she was filled with the Spirit. She was filled with the Spirit when she heard the greetings. So that here is the measure of a gift. How much are you in your gift that you will give? Mary greeted Elizabeth with everything she was, and Elizabeth received the greetings with everything she was. And so something happened. There was an excitement within the womb. The baby leaped, says Elizabeth. Luke tells us that the baby leaped. And, and you know, in my studies, many times, babies will move in the, in the womb. But that's not what we have here. What we have here, Elizabeth gives us a little bit of understanding in verse 44. The baby in my womb leaped for joy. Here's the key, friends. Here's the key. That Christ in, in Mary lift the spirits of Elizabeth to the place where she was able to forget her embarrassment now she becomes a person of excitement. That happens to you and to me as well. See, I want you to see something here. Elizabeth could only receive a message, the news, from someone who was in the same predicament as she was in. Each of these people are under the mysterious act of God. And sometimes when you try to share spiritual truth with people who are not there, they don't understand. They can't, they, 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 I used to be told in college, Thurton, don't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. That's what some of my, my, my colleagues used to say to me. But no, friends. See, let me tell you. You and I as believers today, the scripture says from Colossians chapter 1, Christ in us is the hope of glory. And when we greet one another with the awareness of Christ in us, we too are able to lift the spirits of others. We too are able to become uh, understanding to those who are going through difficulties because if God is working in me in a depth that he's working in you in a depth, then we can share the message together. We can encourage one another with the news. You know, it's interesting. The word enthusiasm or enthusiastic, if you look in the dictionary, the word comes from two Greek words, entheos, in God. Enthusiasm means to be in God. So that when, when, when Mary greeted Elizabeth, the baby in Mary's womb gave excitement to the baby in Elizabeth's womb. And this was the divine excitement so that Mary heard from the lips of Elizabeth 
whether she went there to, to encourage her or not, we can only suppose the whole setting. But as soon as she heard the baby, the greetings, the baby leaped, and Elizabeth became a spokesperson from one who was concerned about God taking so long to answer. She's now blessing God. Blessed are you, Mary. The mother of my Lord has come to me. All of a sudden, Elizabeth was able to understand that the baby in the womb was Elizabeth's Savior. And then Mary is going to eulogize later on by saying, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. She began to eulogize God. Elizabeth blessed Mary. Mary blessed the Lord. Because that's where the whole thing started with the Lord. And here, my friends, is the value. Here's the value of sharing the news. We don't want to be ridiculously stupid. But we want to be able to say gently to people, you know, if you knew the Lord that I know, it could make a difference in your life. I am so glad that Christmas came because what Christmas is, it is for God entering into human history to lift the spirits of broken people. To encourage people who are discouraged. That's, that's the beauty of sharing the news, sharing the message. Just think, my friends, again and again. You will encounter people at work. You will encounter people in your neighborhood. You might encounter people in your own home who are discouraged. And if Christ is living in you, when you share, when you greet them, they become excited. They begin to praise God. You begin to praise God. And life takes on a brand new meaning for everyone involved. That's the beauty of sharing. So let us not keep this message to ourselves. Let us join in the words of the song. Go, tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Let's pray. Sharing the news. Oh God, when we take time to see that we are mistress, God created us. And when God had to, had to dismiss our first parents from the garden, he made arrangements to come through a woman. What a mystery. That's why every man, every woman ought to be thankful for their moms. Because God has used them to bring them into the world. But more than that, Father, more than that, there's a sharing that will make much more sense to people when they realize that with Christ in us, we rise above circumstances. We rise above situations to bless the lives of others because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. So like Mary, help us to go to the Elizabeths around the world by way of Christopher in Mississippi, the Bormans in Mexico, 
the Lloyds in France, but, oh God, in the places where we will, we will tread this coming week, may we be ready to share with others the hope of glory, which is Christ in us as he was in Mary. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.